received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. We looked at that this morning. The apostles' doctrine, the importance of teaching correctly uh, about God, of understanding what the Bible says about God. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. We want to look at this next aspect of fellowship. It's nice hot meals and sandwiches and chips and brownies and good desserts and pies and cakes and I thought somebody would say amen even on that. But Andrew announced next Sunday night we're going to have fellowship. And what that means to you ladies, it's like, oh, I've got to fix something and bring. And to the young people and men, it's, oh, man, i get to go eat after church, okay? Not just popcorn after church. Or I'm, I'm curious. This has nothing to do. How many of you have Sunday traditions? When I was growing up, it was just just about every Sunday we'd have a pork roast or beef roast. And that was our noon meal. You, we had scrambled eggs for breakfast and a roast for... But how many of you have Sunday night traditions that, that you have about the same thing every Sunday night? How many of you is it popcorn? I was, well, yeah, I, I just, uh, that's not a fundamental of the faith, but um, <laughs> what got me thinking on it is some are saying, all right, next Sunday night, not just popcorn for, I can have. And when we think of fellowship, and I'm not saying this is bad, we announce it like that, and it means we're going to get together and and we're going to eat, we're going to have things in common. And yet, it's interesting that of the early church, when God is re- recording about the early church, He said, here's the four things that that they really were active in. The teaching of the truth of God, fellowship, which we'll be looking at tonight, um, the breaking of bread or the ordinances, and prayer. And he saw fit to mention those four things. And I found it, I, after studying the Word and seeing as we did this morning the importance of, of um, Bible doctrine, how that is mentioned all throughout the Bible, we see that. But if we were to write down what are four things that are really, really important in a church and, and read through the book of Acts, we may have overlooked this aspect of fellowship. But, but it is something that is of, of utmost importance. And I've got a pen here that's bothering me, okay. And, and we need to understand what it is. The, the very word fellowship means Sharing and bearing a common cause. So, just looking at that, having a common cause. First of all, um, he's, he's giving the definition of this in a church. The common cause is, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. 
You are a follower of Jesus Christ. Our desire, we've, we've acknowledged that. We've publicly confessed that by following the Lord in the waters of baptism and identifying with the local church. And we have this in common. We are followers of Christ and we're committed to the Word of God. Now, honestly, um, this gathering here tonight would not be happening were it not for that. Because all of us have way different interests. There's some of us that that have interests that maybe no one else has. But we have this in common. We are followers of Jesus Christ. And that's the, the common bond that is there. We are sharers together. We are partners together. And fellowship involves sharing with someone. And it involves sharing in something with someone. So it involves sharing with. I have something I can share with you. It may be um, a gift in some ways. It may be time. It may be food. It may be money. It may be encouragement. But it's sharing that with someone. But it's also sharing in something with someone. Saturday and next Monday, it's sharing with someone in forming up and pouring concrete. There, there's great fellowship in working together. I assume that um, there'll be some ladies get together and and work together and pack the care packages for the college kids. There'll be great joy in sampling those goodies as you quality control, you know. You have to make sure it's good. But in, in working together, that's another type of, of fellowship. It's, it's sh- sharing in common and sharing together with one another. In prayer, it really involves both. In those aspects. And as believers, we are participating together for the building up of other believers and for the spreading of the gospel. This morning, we mentioned um, this aspect of, um, of the $100,000 that was given. There wasn't any one person here that gave $100,000. It was over time as people gave, and a dollar here, and a dollar here, and a hundred dollars here, and a thousand dollars there. And it was working together that together as a church, we are able to go invest and, and help spread the gospel in the Middle East, for example. And we're doing the same thing with, with other missions. So it's, it's realizing that um, this fellowship that, that we are called to is, is um, participating together for the building up of believers and the spreading of the gospel. Now, we could 
almost just stop here tonight and ask, how much are you participating in the building up of believers? What have you done to help build up believers this last week? And what have you done to help spread the gospel? But in in breaking down the and looking at this aspect of the elements of fellowship, what really is made up of this? Well, the first element of genuine fellowship, first and foremost, the rest of them after number one aren't necessarily in condescending order, but number one has to be number one, and that is there must be fellowship with God. When... When I am not in fellowship with God, or you are not in fellowship with God, any fellowship we have with other people is going to be a dead-end street. There's going to be major problems there. And that's where problems come in relationships. That's where problems come in churches. That's where problems come in... um, in realizing if we're not walking with God, if we don't first of all have fellowship with God, that means we're a child of God, have received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and then we're walking with Him. We're in a relationship with Him. He's talking to us through His Word and by the ministry of His Spirit, and and we are in a relationship with Him so that He's able to guide us and direct us. That is first and foremost. That's the beginning. Fellowship with God. If that isn't there, everything else is just a horizontal fellowship, and those always end up in in conflict. I often often tell um, couples in marriage counseling or in pre-marriage counseling, the number one thing we need to do, it's like a triangle. God... Husband and wife. It's not the husband and wife seek to get close to each other. The husband draws near to God. The wife draws near to God. And they'll have a oneness then. They'll have a closeness. But if if their focus is just having a closeness here, that's not going to produce what only God can produce. And it's fellowship with God. And the same is true... Among a church. So, the first and foremost is fellowship with God. Secondly, it's having a common cause. That, that we, we have a common cause. Okay? We could list a lot of common causes. I'm, I'm seeking to put off the old man and put on the new. That's one of the things as a Christian that we seek to do. Put off the old man, he tells us in Ephesians, and put on the new. And you're seeking to do that. They're seeking to do that. That's a common cause. Hey, I found that this is helpful in, in, this has been helpful in me in my life. Putting off the old and putting on the new. We're helping each other in that. We have a common cause. We have a common cause to be like Christ. We have a common cause to, um, spread the gospel. So there's a common cause. We said here tonight, the common cause is Christ. Then number three, genuine fellowship involves a commitment to to love. A commitment to love. 
In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. So as we come to a fellowship in a church, it's, it's saying, you know what? I am committed to following Jesus Christ. And we have this common cause. You are committed to following Christ. And that means God has called me to love you, one another. God has called me to love you, period. Now, you know what? We struggle with that. Because some of the people were called to love we're all just kind of weird at times, aren't we, huh? We all, all have some idiosyncrasies. Just as I said that, I'm probably going to have to go Google it. What's the root word? Idiosyncrasies. Does it come from idiot? Do they all both come from the... Does anybody know any English majors here? But that's kind of how we view... Wow, that guy is weird, man. Doesn't matter, you gotta love them. And fellowship is a commitment. I am committed to loving you. So I want everybody on this side to look over here at the people on this side, and you look over here at them. And I want everybody on this side to say, I am committed to loving you. Okay, ready? I am committed to loving you. Now, you guys really have it tough over here. You look over here at them, and you say the same thing. Ready? I am committed to loving you. Do you understand that's easy to say, isn't it? But the real test is when, oh, I don't feel like ministering to this need. But I'm committed to loving you. That's that's what makes a church a church that honors God. So another element of fellowship is a commitment to love. Another element is humility. That no one is better than anyone else. And in fact, we esteem others better than ourselves. So I embracing humility... I am thankful for the opportunity to serve you. I am thankful for the opportunity to love you. I am thankful to give and not receive back. That's a humble spirit that says that. An element of fellowship, another element is honesty. There needs to be honesty. The four rules of communication. From Ephesians 4. These four rules are foundational for any relationship. Help me with them, okay? I don't need help, but you need help. So you help me, okay? Number one, be honest. That's the number one rule. What's wrong? Nothing. Liar. Next time, next time you ask someone, it's visible that something's wrong. Because you don't just go up to someone and say, what's wrong? You know there's something wrong. Next time they say nothing, say, just say, liar. 
That's not being honest. Maybe you shouldn't say liar. Maybe that's not in love, okay? Whew, I got, got that one corrected. Rather, rewind that. Rather say, well, it sure seems like something is wrong. Are you being honest with me? How's that sound, huh? That, that's speaking the truth in love, right? Okay. So there's a commitment to love, right? And number one is be honest. Number two is keep current. Number three, attack. No, no, wait, wait. There's more than just attack, right? Attack the problem, not the person. And number four, act, don't react. All those come from Ephesians chapter 4. You can go find them in there. Act, don't react. No matter how irresponsible or unbiblical the other person acts, we still need to do what's right. Not react. They act like a fool. That's okay. You don't need to. But the number one, it all begins with being honest. It all begins with um, relationships are built on honesty. Number six, an element of fellowship is patience. Patience. Um, another, another one of the verses that I'm working on. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Okay, that's good. Man, Paul's praying. I'm praying that you would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. That you could go out and show his power for all patience and long suffering. Then he adds these two words with joy. God, I want your power. I want the exceeding greatness of your power. And God says, okay, why? And Paul said, so that you could have patience and long-suffering and do it with joy. See, this commitment to love, fellowship is built on that. And that involves patience. Have patience. There was a song years ago, he's not, I don't even remember it. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Understand, he's still working on me. He's still working on the person you're called to love. Have patience. You know, um, it, every one of us have made mistakes in driving. We've pulled out in front of people when we shouldn't have. So understand that. The next time someone pulls out in front of you, why did you get your driver's license? Have patience. Man, he, he had something on his mind. He didn't see you coming. Have patience. I mean, right there would show a marked difference in our world. But among we as believers, this is where we ought to have patience, especially with one another. Hey, we're all on the same team. Um, I read the kicker for Iowa missed it. Third extra point. How do you miss an extra point, you know? But he did. And then he missed a field goal. And, and I read it said guys were coming over and talking to him. And the guy that holds the ball said, man, when you miss it, you don't want to talk to anybody. But they were all coming over and encouraging him. 
You know what? We all make mistakes. And that's when we need to have patience with one another. And that's when we need to come and encourage one another and build up one another and have patience. And that involves the seventh thing, loyalty. There's a loyalty that there needs to be. You know what? You can count on me. I got your back. That's what there needs to be among churches. And and there there really needs that. And you know what? The world's the United States is becoming less and less favorable to Christianity. That can be a good thing. That can make us say, "Hey, when the whole world's against you, we got to cover each other's backs. We need each other. That's why that's why wherever there's been persecution, Christianity has grown." They tried to destroy Christianity in lots of places. But, for example, in China, the more they try to kill it, the more it grows. It's kind of like multifloral rose, you know what I mean? (laughs) And the reality is that builds a sense of loyalty. We really need each other. How loyal are you to each other? You know, um, years ago, I, I... in Livingston, Montana, I went into Dan Bailey's fly shop, famous fly shop. I forget what I went in there. Fly means you don't go buy flies that fly around. It's fly fishing, you know what I'm saying? And and I went in there, and there was a lot of people there. And, and a guy came in, and he was able to go right up to the front of the line. He didn't even know the the worker there. And I thought, how in the world did that happen? Well, come to find out, um, they, I, I watched and observed. My mom didn't raise a total fool, okay? But the bottom line, make a long story short, both these guys were Masons, And Masons have a loyalty to one another that puts Christians to shame. I don't mean they were bricklayers. I mean they were in Masonic Temple. And that's how he got to the front of the line. There ought to be among Christians a loyalty to one another that you can count on me. I am for you. I will do what I can to help you. And I am going to protect you, and I am loyal. This is why he said they continued in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. And and I want us just quickly look at the results of fellowship. Notice if you'd look back in Acts chapter 2. Maybe you're still there. I left it, but Acts chapter 2. And notice... They continued in that in verse 42. What were some of the results? The fear of the Lord was multiplied. Verse 43, and the fear came upon every soul. And miracles happened. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And there was oneness in the church. All that believed were together and had all things common. There was oneness And there was great joy 
They continued with in one accord, verse 46, and they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. There was great joy, and God was glorified. They were praising God, and notice what it said, and they had favor with all the people. The church had a good reputation. Notice all the fruit of genuine fellowship. I mean, the church had a good reputation among, among those, and, and God blessed the church and added to the church. See, there ought to be a reputation that, man, those people stick up for each other. And those people genuinely love each other, and those people are, are patient with each other, and boy, they have a humble spirit. That's what, that's what God's called us to do. That's what He wants there to be glory in the church. He says that all throughout the book of Ephesians, that there'd be glory in the church. See, you can be a Christian by yourself, but you can't be an obedient Christian by yourself because God commanded us to be a part of the body. He commanded us to minister to one another and allow others to minister to us. And He, He, designed us for fellowship. And that's what God's called us to. So we ask ourselves, how am I contributing? How am I participating in the fellowship that God has called us to? When we commit to doing things God's way, and we start implementing those elements of fellowship and, you know, all the elements of humility, honesty, patience, and loyalty are summed up in love. We just expanded on what love involves to a certain degree. So you need to ask yourself, okay, God, who is it this week that you want me to begin by showing love to? Be prepared. God may ask, bring someone to mind that it's like, really? How about try plan B, God? I'm not quite up to that one yet. Because honestly, don't you have some people that just kind of rub you the wrong way? They're usually sitting on the other side of the church, right? <laughs> no, I'm just... No, some of you thought, no, she's sitting right next to me, or he's sitting right next to me, right? Sometimes that happens too, doesn't it? But I'm committed to love. So that's what we're going to do. And that's where true fellowship comes. We have this common bond, this common cause. We're followers of Christ, and we had better stick together. To help spread the gospel. The more we work together, the more effective the spreading of the gospel will be. Many hands makes light work. And in realizing, okay, God, you've called me to fellowship. I've got my plate ready. No, it involves much more than that. You've called me to fellowship 
and I am going to be an active minister of yours. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to see the opportunities you give us to fellowship. Help us to see the responsibilities that we have to this fellowship. Help us to see the joy that there is in biblical fellowship. And Lord, I pray that we would bear one another's burdens. I pray that we would learn to rejoice with those that do rejoice and to weep with those that weep. Lord, I pray that we truly would become a biblical church. That we would have a genuine love one for another. And Lord, I pray that people would know that we are Christians by the way we love one another. Lord, I pray that you would establish and settle us in the faith. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.